Right, my name is Amanda Walker. I'm a candidate for Douglas East in the election. I was a candidate in 2016 and that process certainly didn't put me off and has made me absolutely believe that I could well be the best person for the job. Okay, give me a little bit about your background. Um, I've got 36 years um, as a teacher. I've spent the last eight months working with um, young offenders and children in care, um, which I deliberately did knowing that I was going to do this because I felt it would be very, very pertinent and valuable experience because I think um, we have an awful lot of issues that need resolving around mental health and young people that have been strongly exacerbated by the pandemic. And I also think we have a major, major issue with the drugs problem on the Isle of Man and a lack of investment in youth services. So um, they're things that I feel very passionately about. It's a whole range of other things, but um, I think young people have been my life's work and it's my predominant interest. Okay, is Douglas East your home territories is that where you live i've lived in douglas east since i came to the isle of man back in 1999 i've actually lived in the same house in the same street the whole time and um, i very much feel embedded in the community and i feel that as things are currently organized it's really important to have a local person representing the area i don't think that's how it should be in the long term but as that's what we're currently faced with um, then i think it's, it really is essential and important to have somebody who understands the issues in the area because they actually experience it day by day every day and i've done so for over 20 years <laughs> after being rejected five years ago what made you stand up again this time um i don't view myself as rejected last time i got a significant number of voters it was my first attempt i didn't know the procedures terribly well it was extremely difficult to get hold of basic information like the electoral roll it took me 10 working days to get hold of a copy of the electoral roll which i found very frustrating because i thought in an administration of this size it would be very very easy to get the logistics sorted and um, so the the number of people that supported me last time encouraged me to try again i've tried twice with the council um, in both of the council elections, which were for Derby Ward, which largely overlapped with the old, um, with East Douglas, um, that um, in both of those times I got a good level of support, was beaten by political parties both times. I hope that in the future and, and in this election, people will actually look at the value of being an independent candidate because I don't think we have a party political system here. Um, I think it's far more important to actually have a balance of both gender and age and background because we're not just forming people to represent the local area we're forming a national government and that national government needs to be balanced the mo at the moment Douglas East in council is represented by three males so there are seven candidates three of whom are male four of whom are female so I'm very strongly hoping that we get at least one and preferably two females to represent us to balance things up because well, people will say it's regardless of gender it's the mm -hmm. best person for the job absolutely you, whether um, it's the, the keys are full of women or you know <laughs> absolutely um, and uh, I think that's absolutely correct. However, I think it does reflect very, very badly if we've got entirely male representation. Um, so I wouldn't be in favour of positive discrimination. Um, I do think that there are, of the four female candidates, I think there are three that I would be happy to vote for. Why are people voting for men then? I don't think they're necessarily voting for men everywhere. Um, and, and, but in the Isle of Man, the, but in the Isle of Man, if if the keys is is overloaded with males, why why are the why is the Manx public voting for men? I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think possibly we need to look at why are not more women standing. And I think possibly the very toxic climate and the amount of trolling and the negative thing, particularly the Manx forums. When last last time when I stood, I was dismissed on the Manx forums as um, speaking with school marmish authority, uh, which I can't help because I am a school 
school teacher after all, I do like to think that I actually speak from a position of authority, having listened and researched and done the analysis and the evaluation. And I like to think that I have the critical thinking skills and the soft skills to be able to make informed, balanced judgments. I have a great dislike of social media, which was misrepresented last time. It isn't that I'm a dinosaur. It's that I think it's loud and shouty and I think it creates a very toxic environment rather than an environment of informed discussion and debate and a sensible um, evaluation of the situation. And it, it leads to people thinking you are either with me or against me and not recognising that there are a whole range of opinions and options that should be considered. So what have you changed about yourself this time, if anything, from the... <laughs> campaign of 2016? Well, I think I've obviously been a lot more aware of what was involved this time. So I declared much earlier. However, my declaration wasn't always picked up because I used the print medium. Um, So, you know, I think should I um, desire to stand again, I probably would get on board more with social media because much as I dislike it, it is the method that people seem Mm -hmm. to be quite familiar with now and and quite comfortable with. Um, It isn't my meteor, so it's not Mm -hmm. what I would particularly choose to use. I do have a background of working in newspapers as well. I worked for Eddie Shah on regional titles at one point. Let's go back to what, the 1980s? It's the 1980s, yes. I'm I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) But I have a very young outlook. (laughs) All right. Um, In terms of your manifesto, what's changed? Mm -hmm. My manifesto has changed because I've slimmed it down very dramatically. Last time I wrote a very, very detailed manifesto and um, on election night it was absolutely clear to me that clearly nobody had read it uh, because of the number of people that voted for me and one of the other candidates in particular. That other candidate is the absolute antithesis of everything that I stand for. Um, so uh, you know, it, it was very clear to me that the manifesto was not the hugely important document I, think it was, I thought it was. I invested an awful lot of time in writing my manifesto Festo last time. I have again this time, but I've tried to make it far more succinct. I don't think there's any point in making a whole series of highly detailed promises that you may not be able to deliver on. I think rather it's a question of identifying priorities and looking at where your emphasis would be should you be lucky enough to be chosen to represent your community. Okay, what's the major topic or the major topics then that you're highlighting? I know you mentioned a few earlier on. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, obviously, with my particular background, health and education are areas that I'm extremely concerned about. I'm extremely concerned about the... Okay, you say you're concerned. Why are you concerned? Um, I think that the last administration created a very toxic culture um, with the education sector. I think the long-running dispute was very much misrepresented as being solely about pay. It was far, far more complex than that. And um, I think it became extremely adversarial when it could have been... um, Um, the government and the teaching unions working together for the best interests of the pupils um, because I think that's what everybody really would have benefited from most. With health, I think we've we've got, because of the COVID crisis, we've got a backlog of things and I know some money has been injected to try to overcome that. I think it'll be very interesting to see how Manx Care fares with the joined up approach between health and social care. So I think monitoring and making sure that we are rigorous in our assessment of how that is working will be a key priority. And then obviously recovering from the pandemic rebooting the economy and also rebooting the mental health and resilience of particularly our young people but the population as a whole and then obviously um, in terms of rebooting the economy we need to look at um, infrastructure we need to look at making sure that we are diversifying the economy because I think there is a huge risk in over-reliance in certain sectors however I do think that as a small island with a separate legal system we have the opportunity 
to be extremely reactive and responsive. And um, I think that we should be trying to predict where the next markets and the future markets are going to be and making sure that we're agile and adept and able to um, respond as quickly as possible and to take full advantage of opportunities as they arise. You're saying rebooting quite a lot there. Um, yes. You're talking about slimming down the civil service, that type of thing. What, how do you? I talked about that last time. Last time I was supported by Peter Gilmore, who's actually a candidate this time. Um, one of the key things that we did was send out a mail shot to people saying that there needed to be a key priority of reducing the size of government, which clearly hasn't happened because in 2015 the cap was removed. And obviously there's been a lot of press reporting recently of how that's actually expanded rather than decreased. My um, opinion on that is the same as it was back in 2016, that we can't simply lay off huge numbers of government employees. We need to look at retraining them. And some of the obvious areas are in things like counselling and mental health, where you may well have, there's a predominantly female staff. Many of them are very well suited and have the soft skills to be redeployed into those areas. There is a skill shortage in the IT sector as well. And again, people who've got administrative skills could, and we've got the facility of UCM, a, a facility which I think is very much underutilised currently. And again, because it's lean, it ought to be able to be very responsive and it ought to be working with um, the Department for Enterprise and with private sector to make sure that we are actually skilling up our existing mm -hmm. workforce because with house prices, it's very difficult to attract people on island and the place is still fairly obscure. So to get people to understand where we are, and a vast number of my university friends ask me if I go on day trips to France when I say mm -hmm. I live in the Isle of Wight, Isle of Man, sorry, because they assume it's the Isle of Wight or they think it's Jersey and mm -hmm. Guernsey. They don't actually realise um, where we are. Okay, so um, obviously a few things there which would need finance generated. How would you generate that finance? Well, I think um, tax justice and tax fairness is an issue as well. Um, I think there there are people who call themselves the Manx Taxpayers Alliance, um, who I don't think are interested in tax justice. I think that's more about protecting vested interests. And I think actually a fairer taxation system where I think the majority of people in the middle are pot potentially overtaxed here. Um, I, I would like to see the personal tax allowance um, raised because I think there are people who are on incomes that are too low to sustain tax. But equally, I think that there are not just individuals, but institutions that are paying far too little tax here. And I think we can get the balance right. I'm not into punitive taxation. But isn't that the, the reason they're paying little taxes, the attraction? That's why they're it's here. It's not the sole attraction. If it were the sole attraction, the fact that we've got taxation changes looming on the horizon anyway would be causing a mass exodus. And there's no evidence of a mass exodus at the moment. So I think it's a very convenient thing to scaremonger and to say, oh, they'll all disappear if we attempt to make things fairer. I actually think that many companies would find it a lot easier to recruit if we had got an even better education system and an even better health system. And I think the environment and the biosphere and all of the positives about the island are things that can attract people here. Um, so I think it's it's very dangerous to just focus on one aspect and um, use that as a, as a reason to leave things as they are. Sometimes things don't need to be fixed, but I do think the taxation system is broken and does need to be fixed. Looking at um, who you're up against then at uh, mm -hmm. Douglas East, where do you differ from, the, from what they're putting forward? 
I think that I would probably go quite firmly down the middle, but slightly to the left. And I think what I would differ in is that I'm very interested in social justice and tax justice and putting people back at the centre of politics, making the government accountable, making the government responsive. Um, I've already said I'm not a fan of social media, but I think there are an awful lot of digital opportunities to make um, the government much more responsive and reactive. I certainly don't mean referendum. I think referendum are a very anti-democratic device because, again, the take-up in referendum tends to be quite small. Um, I, I think where I would stand is that I would be somebody who would genuinely want to represent the people of Douglas East across the entire age profile. I'm a person who knows how expensive it is to live there. I'm a person who knows how damaged the pavements are. I'm a person who knows how difficult it is to park. But I can also see the bigger picture and I can see the world economic situation. And I certainly think one of the things that we still have to face, because I think it's been largely masked by the pandemic, is the longer term impact of Brexit, which I think has had a huge impact on logistics, um, which is very often being portrayed as a result of the pandemic. Um, I think that's incredibly convenient. And um, I don't think that's the the true story at all. So I would say that um, in terms of where I stand, I stand for the ordinary people in the middle. And I stand for people of all ages. Um, I I don't see myself as identifying just with one particular age group. Although I'm in my late 50s, I have worked with young people my entire life. I have an extremely broad um, stretch of friends right from some naught to 103. So, um, you know, I think I can represent um, a, a wide age spectrum and I think I can represent both genders as well. I do believe it's important to have a female perspective. And I think when you look at the way the world has responded to the pandemic, some of the best examples of leadership have come from female leaders. Um, and I, I think particularly the New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern and I think Angela Merkel has been the mother of her nation and has actually given a lot of stability and has created a lot of um, positivity. And I think that's what we need. We need stability and positivity and we need people who can actually juggle. And I think women are the consummate jugglers. Are you confident that you <laughs> are you confident that then you're saying about representing the people of East Douglas that mm. you represent their views? I'm confident that I have spoken to a lot of people and I'm confident that I still have lots more to speak to and um, I will certainly hold extremely regular surgeries um, if I'm lucky enough to be elected because whilst I've said I, I don't like social media, face-to-face contact I absolutely love. I walk round East Douglas every single day with my little canine personal trainer, Nico, and um, on my literature I've said, you know, please stop me and engage with me and talk to me because you know I think that's my USP in in many ways that I I actually live right in the community I'm incredibly approachable I've put an ABC of about me on my um, introductory letter because you know it's you're voting for a person not just policies and uh, you know I hope that people can identify with me as an, an ordinary woman from a fairly ordinary background who happens to have a degree in politics and a passion for politics and a, a real interest in in trying to get um, better representation, more transparency and um, a, a really positive, forward-looking, dynamic new administration. From canvassing, what issues do you think Douglas East will be won and lost? 
I think it canvassing you get a, ver- a variety of different um, opinions of what will win and lose it. I think it's incredibly difficult to call because there are seven candidates that's going to split the vote predominantly. I think it will actually be won and lost on who people choose as their second vote in large numbers of cases. And um, I do hope that everybody chooses to use their second vote because one of my major concerns is that we'll have an extremely low turnout. And from that extremely low turnout, the two political parties that are standing will mobilise their their activists, and I think that will give a skewed, um, inaccurate and distorted result, which is what I think we've had in both of the recent by-elections, that we've had a very, very low turnout, very, very high levels of um, activist involvement, and you get an unrepresentative, um, skewed vote. You, you get people elected on the basis of um, the, the activities of uh, organised parties. Is there a possibility that some of the independent candidates you'll be up against then will be taking votes off each other, pursuing the same policies and letting the political parties in? I think it's always very, very difficult because I think independent candidates, um, if you look at people's manifestos, they know what people want to hear. So they will all say broadly the same things. Um, What we don't have at the moment, and I think why some people prefer political parties, is that they think if you're part of a political party, you've got an agreed set of policies that have been published in a party manifesto or a party document, and that that gives a greater degree of accountability. To an extent, it does. However, what it also creates is a straitjacket. And as we've seen in the last 18 months, you actually need an administration that's able to react quickly and be pragmatic and be resilient against changing circumstances. And that's what what I think I offer that's a unique thing. Um, Given my background and given the environments that I've worked in, um, I I have worked in a very wide range of environments, not just in school. I've worked in advertising sales. I've worked in newspapers. um, I've worked in um, sales for the fish and game industry. Um, So I I think I've had to respond and adapt. And I think I have the academic acumen and ability, the evaluative skills, the analytical skills to be able to process an awful lot of information and make informed pragmatic judgments that would also be informed by regular updates from the electorate because I don't intend to be put in there for five years and then never listen to somebody ever again. I intend to continue listening throughout the five years and not just knock on doors and hold surgeries. My door is at 15 Hillary Park in Douglas East and I welcome people knocking on my door or stopping me when I'm out walking Nico. I know that I will be public property to an extent and I'm absolutely prepared for that. I'm not standing for Peel, which many people said to me, why did I not consider that? Where I am very well known, having taught there for a considerable um, period of time, um, because I think it's important to represent the area where you live, not the area where you work. So just just to clarify then, you, you would be the type of um, politician who knows her own mind and says, mm. this is the way forward. Um, to the people of Douglas East, or are you the type of politician that will say to the people of Douglas East, you tell me what you want and I'll give it to you? I would be somewhere in the middle of those. I think that there are some issues on which I am very clear where I stand. Um, So one of the things that I'm very clear about is the legalisation of drugs. I do not believe in the legalisation of drugs at all. I believe in the legalisation of medicinal cannabis and I believe in the licensing of drugs along the Finnish model. Um, I previously was very strongly anti-drugs, but I think that the reality is that we've lost the war on drugs and we've now got to try and win the peace. So I think it's absolutely essential that we look at models where things are working well 
well. There are those that would say the UK will never allow us to do anything. Um, well, why not? Because actually we're an ideal experimental environment for them. We're a controlled area. We're an area that's finite and we're an area where they could actually trial innovative policy. Um, so I think that's a hugely important thing. I think it feeds into um, the fact that we have a lot of young people who are self-medicating on drugs and end up with criminal records and have their lives blighted by it when actually it's an aspect of teenage rebellion that has always occurred. The things that they have access to as teenagers now are far more damaging to them. How has canvassing been? And also, have you taken COVID restrictions? I have been double jabbed um, because of the job that I worked in. I was double jabbed. My second jab was on the 16th of February. I carry a mask with me. And when I knock on the door, I stand back. I have hand gel with me. And I will always ask people if they would like me to wear a face covering. Reading between the lines, I gather you're not a fan of the current administration. I'm a fan of some parts of the current administration. Um, I think in the current administration, there there are things that have been done very well. There are things that have been done very badly. And I don't think anybody would really have wished to have been part of the current administration with what they faced. Well, I have to put it to you then. I mean, surely the role of a politician, you have to face whatever is thrown at you. And, and, and take it head on. Absolutely. And that's the Manx motto, isn't it? Which, whatever way you throw me, I will stand. So, you know, I think that that's one of the things that I have in, in spades is that I'm extremely resilient. You can't face teenagers day in, day out for 36 years and not have a great deal of um, resilience and bounce back ability. Um, I'm, I, I obviously, I'm a human being, so, you know, things can hurt me, but um, I have very good coping mechanisms um, and I, I have a, an awful lot of very, very supportive friends so you know I think if the going did get tough I'm a pretty tough cookie. 